Good morning. It's uh, it's time for the Mind War podcast again, and this uh, and today we have Jean Hru and Andrew Vekela from MineRP with us. Of course, Jean is normally your host, and from time to time I'm your host as well. Uh, I'm MP Stradom, and today we're going to be talking about transition to virtual. We're in a very interesting time globally with the coronavirus fears putting us all on lockdown, and and there's a lot of digital transformation going on some of it willingly and some of it haltingly. But even before that, MinerP had embarked on, on this strategy that, that uh, Andrew, I think you coined the term transition to virtual for us. So, so why don't you start us off, if you will, just quickly tell us who you are and, 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 and then start us off and tell us what did you mean when you thought of the term transition to virtual? Yeah, thanks, MP, uh, and good morning. And good morning, Jean. Good to be talking to you guys. So I guess, first of all, my name is Andrew Vekula and I uh, work within MineRP. I've been working here for many years and through the ranks to different pieces, mostly in the consulting end and implementing our solutions uh, over the course of our transition from expert applications into now the enterprise uh, domain. And now really overseeing the delivery of, um, of these projects in our client's environment. So when I think when we were talking about transition to virtual, Generally, when you look at the standard way of implementing our software, you, you get a team full of extroverts and you go into a mind site and you sit in front of the clients and you work with them face to face in many aspects and implement the solution. You do the, the various parts of the methodology to make sure that the, they're getting the most value out of it. So that's really the, the old approach is to get on a plane and to sit in front of them. Uh, and I think when you talk about transition to virtual, with all the things going on in the world, with all the efforts over the last few years and all the talk about carbon tax and the impact on the environment and global warming, I think that there's a greater need to see how we can be all supporting those initiatives. And I think the one way is, is to be sitting where we are and to be able to not have to go and travel and to look for a new way to be implementing the solution. So transition to virtual is about going from the old traditional way of face-to-face and sitting at the client site to using technology and to be doing things remotely and uh, and engaging online. I think that was really the, the, the initiative on that. Right. And John, when we discussed this, you also, uh, you know, before this, before this recording, you also said, well, they, we also want to get our clients ready to transition to virtual uh, by themselves. In, in other words, by implementing MinerP, we're also uh, leaving our clients with that capability. Isn't that right? MP, yes. This is the first time on this podcast that I am a guest of the podcast. So I'm not sure I've ever introduced myself properly. So now's the time to uh, do that as a guest. Uh, I'm the head of services and value and partners uh, support uh, Andrew with uh, teams that are trained up. So uh, transition to virtual is very much something that we needed to do. Alongside the uh, drive that Andrew gave us and the discussions he had with his clients around when the lockdown came about what we could do and how we could do it and suggesting that we needed to transform the teams to be able to do that. Now, might not be for those that uh, have not been in our offices, it's a madhouse. It is, um, it's a storming of ideas. It's the flow of ideas. I always say that I hate going on leave because if you go away for three days, the company looks different when you come back. So how do you transition that to virtual? It's, let's talk a little bit about the why then. 
I mean, everybody thinks about, uh, you know, doing remote meetings and, and, and working from home now. But certainly coronavirus was not the only reason why we needed to do this. Is that right? Jean, maybe you could take that. You know, what were some of the reasons why Minapi started thinking strategically around um, enabling our business to become more of a virtual business? MP, the people in Minapi are there for the vision. They are there to transition an industry. Some are natives to the mining industry, some aren't, uh, like myself. I'm not a native to the, the mining industry. I've spent time at the start of my career and now came back seven or eight years ago. For me, it was the allure of uh, doing the same things that other industries have been doing. So why do we do, uh, do this? We have built software. We've built a platform. And people in Minopi can't wait to see how this transition is happening in this industry. For us to do that faster and to to live out, uh, some of us have got ideas around how the world should look like. And visionaries, we need to be able to implement faster. We can't do this serially one mine at a time. So we have started thinking about this three years ago about how we can do this. That included things of building a methodology to implement MinRP, packaging the value statements from hypothesis down to KPIs, implementing pieces of writing software and constantly, constantly sticking back stuff back into the software. So how do we work yeah. together? How do we do this? People like Andrew Vekela's team in Canada have been working like this for longer than us, together with uh, the Australian and the Chile teams. So the why is much wider than COVID-19. The wider that is coming to, to play now is that clients have to do this. And executives in Minopi that is not that digital yet have to do this. There's no other way. And that is, this has given great drive towards transitioning to this place where Minopi can do what it wants to do for the mining industry. So we're also living this digital transformation journey, uh, you know, that we're also preaching to our clients. Andrew, some of the big projects that kicked off uh, caused us... A quite a lot of interesting uh, uh, footwork to do because we have very, very specific skills that we have to all of a sudden make available in all of the regions where we play. Now, as, uh, you know, as someone who looks after our implementation efforts globally, you are also faced with, with uh, the transportability of skills and people and, and taking people away for long times from their homes. What's the impact of, of, of this virtual capability going to be? Um, how do you foresee us acting differently as a company because now all of a sudden uh, if we if we're successful with this we don't have to get our um, people to travel all that much yeah i think you know if you look at it from a regional perspective and treating each office independently you would try to staff up that region to be able to service the demand uh, and the clients and the projects in that area yeah. what this allows us to do is to really build a strong team of specialists and we don't really care where they live they could be in Latin America, South Africa, Australia, Canada, Northern Europe, for that matter. It doesn't really matter because if you're working remotely, you can now leverage their skills and their knowledge and their contribution to the project without having to move them around. So from a project that access to these specialist skills, I think it's a fantastic piece that we can leverage. If you talk about the people individually, and that's, a, that's, that's the other uh, big part, it's about you know, everybody strives to have a, a work-home-life balance. Having this capability allows them to continue this work from the comfort of their own homes, to be with their support network. And 
you know, mind you, there may be time zone things that we have to deal with, uh, but those seem to be minor when you can, you know, wake up and see your partner or family's faces um, in the morning. So I think that's from a personal side, that's uh, definitely the benefit. And you talk about, you know, employee burnout on some of these longer projects, it's real. And uh, it is something that you have to be aware of and you have to manage. And um, I think this definitely is a step in the right direction. So Andrew, in your region, where we've got some big projects going at the moment, when we started with this transition to virtual strategy, what are some of the very practical things that we that we started off with? And, and, and what are some of the strategies and initiatives that you implemented uh, in your region? What we've been able to do is use the technology that's available to engage with our clients on a, on a different level. So that means that we need to carry on with the same kind of conversations we're having, but in a different medium. If you talk about a method and approach and, and what we've done differently, it is more about moving to a, an agile environment and using our six by six methodology or six by seven methodology to drive the content and the direction of the project, but mm-hmm. to use the different mechanisms within like agile to have daily standups, to break out tasks on a Kanban, to be able to assign scrum, huddle around them, make sure that we all understand right. it attention to blockers uh, and, and focus on fixing those to make sure that the progress still happens. And that's the biggest challenge, I think, when you talk about working remotely or not face-to-face is having that engagement with everybody to know that we all understand what we're talking about. So I think moving it to a, to an agile approach, moving it to a Kanban, having daily scrums, working on sprints, working on showcases, you're still getting that regular rhythm in, on implementing a solution, implementing tools and getting feedback and um, and still moving forward without having to be face-to-face. Jean, did you responsible for our methodologies and so on, or your teamies? Did you find that we had to change our methodologies or is it merely the mechanism of engaging in those methodologies that, that is changing here? MP, we've been using uh, Agile and Kanban in our development shop for many years, but not so much in the services because it's very much dependent on the client's understanding of it. And lately, clients are starting to realize that you can't plan something like a mind technical systems integration to the T and do a waterfall approach on it because it's a moving, living organism. So we have had demand from clients over the last year to say, let's move there together. So this gave us the drive for it. Transition to virtual helps us with the uptake from clients around this. And so internally, we are able to transition to agile. So on your question, yes. Uh, Agile is also the way to go and helps uh, greatly with uh, transitioning. So let's jump into that that subject a little bit more when it comes to the challenges and so on. We've had challenges, our our clients have had challenges, so maybe I'll uh, divide that question into two. And Jean, you you could jump in and tell us a little bit about the internal challenges that we've experienced as we made this transitioning. And, and, And Andrew, maybe then you can add some perspective on the actual feet on the ground challenges that our clients have experienced when they had to get used to this way of doing business as well. From a challenge perspective, when the, the actual call came to go go home, I recall that uh, I was working late trying to finish everything, get all the plans out. And when I got home, I must admit, I was quite depressed, realizing at that moment that that's the first time that I realized this is for real. We will not be able to get to the office again and you know, see the people that we love to work with. Actually, I got into bed and I got up, it was quite early, I got up at nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, and I finished all the plans and the schedules. So MP, from a challenges perspective, 
uh, we were obviously concerned that we'll, uh, how do we keep control of it? How do we keep control over the touch points for clients? We were concerned about how we get the discussions around the water cooler going. That quick touch point, you walk past the person's office, you know that there's three things that he's busy with. One of them is priority. How do we get that priority out? How do we make sure just by touching him briefly on the deliverable that he's working on for a client or internal, uh, that is all aligned. So those are the types of challenges that uh, that we had to uh, plan for. Uh, your experience, uh, Andrew, what, what, what were your concerns? I think if we talk about the concerns, one of the biggest concerns or challenges is, can we still be effective in implementing the solution? When you don't have bodies around, you tend to think that nothing is happening. And so you always have to have these ways of, of, of seeing the work, of tracking the work. And that's what Jean was alluding to you on the on the Kanban uh, and we talked about earlier. And that's that's probably the biggest, I would say, challenge or concern. Are we effectively implementing? And you know, some of the some of the things that go along with that are, you know, from an interpersonal skills uh, side of things, you want to be able to read body languages or little things like that. When mm. you're communicating, when you're sharing a point, when you're when you're debating something, you want to see how is the person reacting to understand not just the words, but also what the what the body is telling you. And I think those are some of the little challenges. You know, it's it's new and different people are used to different ways of meeting and engaging. Um, so there's the I think it's mostly interpersonal, I think, from a concerns point of view and, and challenges. So they, there was no real fear that there were things that could not be done. It is more a question of would they be done as well as as it would have happened had it been face to face? Yes, the people that we're working with are all you know working in technology daily themselves, and you know in some cases some of our clients have already adopted some of the ways that we've been working, and so it does make it easier, and it you know there's better alignment from the start. It's less about implementing the technology and more about those interpersonal elements of the project itself. I heard you say in in, in some of the feedback that you gave to uh, to us that. Uh, there's all of a sudden more communication than what there was before, not less. It is one of the challenges in meetings is to be able to stick to an agenda and and uh, and get the right people in there. And I think what we've heard is we have had more effective communication. It's a it's a funny thing to go through. You know, I was talking to one of our clients about this, and and they agreed. It was it was like we were all now focused on the task, and because we were all also working our own diaries and trying to make sure all of the meetings were aligned and we had our own discipline that we were trying to push in, we, it, it translated into the meeting. And people react and interact in meetings in different ways. Some are very shy and, and hold back and, and don't always say things. And, and you know what, it could be for some of those individuals and, and personality types that being behind a computer screen, whether video is on or off, allows them to come out of their skin a little bit or out of their shell a little bit. From a um, meeting routine, from a meeting discipline, from a uh, an effective communication, absolutely. I have seen it, it's it's almost 180 degrees. It's not only the loudmouths that talk, it's also yeah. everybody else. And I think that's what enriched it, uh, Andrew, what I see on my side. Let's get on with it. Uh, and, and as we move towards the close here, uh, let's talk about practical advice. You know, it's not only a retrospective on MinorP and what we've done here, but some of our listeners will be going through this in, in their own companies and their own businesses. And, and what practical advice uh, could you offer? Uh, maybe let's start with you, John, as they transition uh, into the virtual management of their own teams and virtual engagements with clients. Do you have anything to offer for our clients? 
Yeah, so five things. Plan it, tool it, schedule it, discipline it, make it fun. But to add to those five things, the practical advice about all the soft stuff. Really spend time with starting up the meeting. How are you? How's it going? You know, are you keeping up, etc. Those things that we think that we do in, in the office, but we really cut that short. And also at the end to do the same thing. So around plan it, to plan it out properly about what does the reporting structure look like? When does people need to report? Uh, you know, what is our discipline going to be? Tool it while we've put in the right technologies around it. Thank you, Microsoft. Uh, schedule it. So we scheduled the touch points uh, prior so that everybody knows that they can fit, uh, fit in all the holes with the uh, work that they need to do. Make it fun, make it fun, make it fun. I make my meetings much, much shorter, a quarter of the duration of the meetings I normally had in the office. How do I do that? Well, I ask people to do a report before the time. Three or four bullets. What are they planning next week? Three or four bullets. What have they achieved this week? A bullet if they have an impediment uh, that they want me to remove. Uh, everybody uh, types into one Word document. Uh, their, their contribution, everybody could see what everybody else has typed of the 18 people reporting to me. And that's also thank you to Microsoft around the, that type of technology. I don't know if the listeners knows that you can co-edit things that make things super fast and so much easier to bring things together. I think one thing that we need to keep in mind uh, is with everybody working from home, we can always look at the positives and we can say how you know, we're being much more effective in meetings and we're getting a lot more done. I think the one thing that we can't lose sight of is that in some cases, people go to work to interact with people. They really miss that that engagement. It's important as managers, as colleagues, as uh, team members to be aware of everybody that's you know working offline, working remotely, check in with them, see how they're doing, make sure everybody's feeling all right, and, and just be more aware of, of how, how their mental state is, if that's possible. You'll see it. You see it in the eyes. Exactly. That's something we need to make sure that we we really focus on, uh, because you know some of us may be sitting in the comfort of our own homes. We shouldn't assume that everybody is in that same position. Yeah, and uh, I've had a barbecue with you at your house in the in the summers, so I know they've got a beautiful bush behind you. I'm sitting looking at my garden, but we must realize that some of our people don't have gardens. They're sitting in flats. They can't get out. And uh, one person, one of our team on the first day admitted to us, he didn't expect it to be so hard. You know, and those are the types of things we have to watch out for. Yeah, exactly. And I know that my RP, we've done a, a few really cool things and fun things to touch on your keep it fun point, uh, Jean. You know, I saw one of the projects had breakfast with the president uh, online. Yeah. You know, in, uh, in the Americas here, we had a, a happy hour or a hora feliz. Um, where we basically it was just a social and we just and it didn't have to be about business but it was about seeing faces seeing spouses meeting people it's just to to have an engagement or interaction with with more people so that's uh, i think that's something that's an important point i've planned uh bring your bring your kid dog or whatever uh you know just to just show off a little bit and by the way that breakfast was worth spouses uh that you mentioned of one of your projects the last thing MP want to say is about the MinorP platform. We have people working on the same platform for a specific client doing planner things or geology things or short interval control things, uh, developments that we are doing for clients and for internal, but all working on the same platform. Last week, we had some great news from one client. He um, contacted uh, his person looking after MinorP. He says, from now on, I want you to stop doing all the other applications from all the other vendors. 
you will implement the other things about might not be. Why did this happen? Very interesting if, if you walk on the trail of it. What happened was that in the office, um, executives and managers don't realize how much tinkering there is in every application that is not integrated to be able to make sure that data comes together. You pull people apart and all of that falls apart. The tinkering on the data to constantly work on it to make it work. And that beloved application of that one person that's giving him a right in the organization is gone. So um, this executive realized that this was going on. He says, now you will expedite the process of getting the other applications on MinoP as well, on modules that they did not plan to at least in the next year work with us on. So I think the contribution of a platform in terms of working remotely is immense. Right, Andrew, and in your experience, has implementing MinoP made a difference in the lives of our clients from the perspective of running their mind from home, if I can uh, call it that? Yes, Epi. So basically to carry on what John just uh, was saying there is the tools that sit within the minor P platform allow to have that collaboration outside of the face-to-face -face engagements. When you're working in these different silos, you're still dependent on uh, shoes walking down the corridor to be able to meet and, and share information and collaborate. When you don't have that ability and, and you take a, a COVID-19 right now as a perfect example of that and how different minds and clients are, are working from home themselves and working remotely. That level of interaction doesn't exist anymore, not the way that it, it used to do anyways. And so it has to be online. And when you're talking about sharing information, it is more difficult. It is now silos and it is about trying to pull that same those same meeting routines. Um, and it's not easy when you have some of the collaboration tools uh, and the online um, access to the data and having everything on one canvas, it does make that collaboration a whole lot easier. You know, different clients have got different things, parts of the solution implemented, and some are focused on telemetry and, and short interval control, and some are on scheduling and, and even back as far as planning in the process. Um, when you talk about that, you have the ability and for the breadth of what the platform can provide, you can see uh, basically your mind. You can see what's happening uh, underground. You can see where equipment is. You can see the activities that have been planned and how well they're being executed. So you do get a good sense of what is the progress? How am I How am I ticking along as far as my monthly plan? You know, I think that's really what the platform allows you to do is you no longer have to be sitting inside the walls of the planning room or, in, uh, or at, the, at the shaft or, you know, underground to be able to know what's going on in the mine. It is possible to do it um, through technology with our platform. Let's end this off uh, on a more personal note. Um, John, you often ask contributors to the podcast, what's on their bedside table? What are they reading at the moment? So back at you, sir. What are you reading at the moment? Uh, I'm going to offer you a quote today, not what I'm reading. You don't want to know what I'm reading. <laughs> and the quote is, Be, uh, being busy is the new stupid. This is a quote that was made by Bill Gates and Warren Buffett. Uh, I now Googled it and it said it's been repeated in 2019, but the first time it was said, I think, goes back to 2016. What do they mean by it? By shoveling data into spreadsheets and being busy on a spreadsheet for six weeks before you can give it to your mate for him to do work on it, that is being stupid, okay? So that's being busy and being busy is being stupid. How do you like right. that as a quote? And my that's offer, awesome. that's, that's what I'm reading. <laughs> Thank you. Andrew, and to you. Um, uh, it's it's an interesting good. collection. It's an interesting collection, uh, MP. It's a, a mix between some personal things and and uh, you know more project oriented uh, background things like innovation by design. Um, ah, nice. By Lockwood and Papke and 
And there's another interesting one. I'm not sure how well I can share the title. It's a, it's a bit of a, uh, it's a book by Mark Manson. It's called Everything is Effed. <laughs> a no, book about a good... hope. Um, it's no. quite interesting. So it's a, yeah, it's a spin on uh, some thinking books, some, some design books. Uh, and I think the last one that I started was, uh, and it's maybe relevant to, to the things that are going on. It was actually uh, 1984 by uh, George Orwell. Right. So thanks, uh, John and Andrew. And let's let's sincerely hope your book's title is at least somewhat wrong. Or if it is correct, then <laughs> let's hope that we find a, a, an amicable way of getting out of the situation that we're in. Yeah. And, and for your contribution, the both of you, to um, A, to our uh, success as a company, and B, also for the sake, uh, you know, on behalf of our clients, the, the good work that you're doing and, and making sure that we stay sustainable and stay adding value. Well done, and thank you as we end the show. Thank you, MP. This was fun. Thanks, MP. Thanks, John. It was a pleasure. Bye-bye.